0: Hello, welcome back to Infinite Quest. This is a, an episode that I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, just Katie history. Uh, basically, I'm going to interview Katie about her life, starting from when she was born. And I'm going to ask her stuff about where she came from and what her childhood was, was like and, and all those fun little details that we often don't bring up because nobody asks. And so uh, I wanted to do this series so both katie and i and uh, can share with each other and all of you those little details about our lives that sort of uh define define our the, the tone of our lives the colors of our lives and the sounds of our lives so anyways uh without further ado here is episode one of katie history transition well, hi, everybody. We're going to do something new this episode. We've, we've never done it before, but I find myself wondering questions about Katie's history and she, my history, hopefully. I don't know. She's never expressed that out loud, but I assume I'm interesting enough. Uh, and so what if we, I'm just not interested in you at all, Eric. Then you're, you're a fantastic actor. My <laughs> God, you should be on the movies. You should be in the pictures. You got Moxie, kid. You got Moxie.
1: Just kidding. There's, I want
0: to I want to know things about you, too. I'm I just do-
1: really nervous because what if your questions are like way better than my questions.
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm going to ask you, like, where were you born and stuff. And then uh, I don't know. But uh, how do you spell Moxie, by the way? Is it M-O-X-I-E or M-O-X-Y? Oh, man. I've
1: seen seen it spelled both ways.
0: You got Moxie, kid.
1: I think it's M-O-X-I-E. Moxie.
0: Yeah, that's that seems right to me. I don't know. But I can also see like the name of a club with like Moxie spelled with a Y and then the Y like curly cues off and does something cool, you know, like Moxie. And then it's like underlined by the Y. Yeah. You know? I don't it's know. It's
1: like a late eighties Miami gay club. Yeah,
0: exactly. Big neon sign. Maybe I'm just thinking of that because you're cool, neon sign behind you. I'm
1: it's a very cool neon sign.
0: So anyways, uh this episode we're gonna start what I think is going to end up being a series for both of us, but uh, this episode is Katie History, episode one, unless this is the only one we do it, in which case it's just Katie History. Um, but I'm just basically, I'm going to interview Katie about her history and where she comes from and what gets her out of, gets, uh, gets her out of the bed in the morning and, and out of the bath when she takes a bath. You know, what, any, any, what makes her stand up whenever she stands up from a prone position, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what was that <laughs> I don't know I'm sticking You're gonna, by it you am gonna standing, keep that I'm keeping it in I'm leaving it okay. I'm standing by 100% that's, of that. that's fine Um. so well let's get it going Katie you ready oh god I'm, I'm like weirdly nervous I'm gonna James lifting the shit out of this okay oh my gosh okay
1: my favorite swear word is fuck
0: wonderful that's wonderful tried and true so Katie where were you born
1: I don't know
0: I'm adopted you don't know where you were born.
1: I like. I feel like my mom told me one time. Like I feel like I like. I just know that I wasn't born in like Silvis, where I grew up. But I think it was like around
0: there. Really? So what?
1: So off to a great start.
0: Well, no, that's really interesting. I mean, if you don't, I, I <laughs> you know, we've talked about the fact that you're adopted before, but I've never like pride. But it's you know, so if you ever don't crying, want to talk about something, give me a little, fine. give me a little signal or something. Okay. But so you were. When your when your birth mother gave birth to you, mm-hmm. how long were you like a baby before your um, your parents adopted you?
1: Oh, like like two hours.
0: Really? So your parents must have been in the hospital then.
1: Well, they weren't in the hospital when I was born. They were called like directly after.
0: So your your parents had planned on adopting you before you were born. So they had a, a, a relationship with your birth mother?
1: Yeah, kind of it was like it was it was basically like i don't like i, I feel weird because like i don't want to like accidentally like reveal who she is because like i know her and but like not everybody knows that you know she had a, a kid before she had the kids that she has now um from from my understanding i could be actually wrong about that i'm not quite sure um but basically like yeah she was just like she's really young and so um and her parents went to my parents church Um, And so they knew that my parents had been like wanting to have a baby and like they couldn't. Um, And so they basically were like, well, hey, convenient for both parties involved. Um, And so, yeah, so so they so they like they had it kind of like all figured out before
0: uh, before I was born. Cool. And that was all in Iowa. Is that right?
1: Illinois because Illinois. Enough. Why do
0: I keep saying Iowa? You did live because in Iowa. I
1: always point, right? say Iowa because I like I don't know why, but whenever I tell people where I'm from, I'm always saying I'm from Iowa. I'm not. I'm from Illinois, but I grew up in the quad cities where Illinois and Iowa are like very interchangeable. And so most people have heard of Davenport before they've heard of like rock island if you've heard of either of them at all and so like i just go i'm from iowa and then people go oh you've said
0: you've said those town names to me once in the car before and then they immediately left my brain forever yeah
1: it's the only time they're relevant is if you're like in the first five minutes of the music man that's a really funny joke for like four people just so you know that's a hilarious joke
0: Rest easy that I am not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So what are, if I remember correctly, it's called the Quad Cities, but there are actually five. What are the Quad Cities and Uh, why are they associated with each other?
1: So the Quad Cities is a metropolitan area in the Midwest. Um, there are... there It's called the Quad Cities, but there's actually five. It's East Moline, Moline, Rock Island, Bettendorf, and Davenport. Now, I want to be very clear. There's hot contestation about which are the actual original five Quad Cities. Um, because they tried Quint Cities, but it just didn't take off as, <laughs> as much. Um, and so, yeah. So it's a, it's a town, and it's like the... It's the part, it's the narrowest part, I believe, of the Mississippi River, where the river runs fundamentally west to east. Hmm. Um, And there is a very famous lock and dam there. Um, And so it was sort of like the gateway to like the rest of the Mississippi River as you were coming from like Michigan to Louisiana. And so, um, so yeah, there's a big riverboat. Scene back in the day and uh, like really big during the Prohibition. There used to be a lot of like like booze runners who would come down the river. Um, incredible jazz scene. Weirdly, um, uh, yeah. It's and there's bridges and you just drive over the bridges. But like there's a weird thing where like some people hate going to the other side of the quad. Like it's just like I I don't want to have to cross the river. It's like a whole thing. We like make fun of people all the time for not wanting to cross the river.
0: <laughs> like they're fucking Steven Glansberg.
1: It's like, a, it's, like, a real thing. Like, like my theater company, actually, when I was in the Quad Cities, we did a whole campaign about how, like, we were doing a show on both sides of the river so people didn't have to cross to the other side of the river because it was, like, such a prevalent thing in our community. That's so strange.
0: I wonder why. Because there's a bridge. Just it's just a like, road. It's, it's, it's not, like... It's a
1: bridge, but it's, like, people act like it's, like, a fucking three-hour journey and it's, like, ten minutes. <laughs> like, huh. it's really weird. People are, like, very, like, divisive about their sides. Like... Illinois side and the Iowa side like it's like that Illinois side did you ever
0: yell across the river but you're on the wrong side of the river
1: I have actually there's a there's one of the bridges called the centennial bridge uh is the shittier bridge but there's a walking path on the centennial bridge and so like we used to when we were in high school we used to go like for walks and we would walk over the bridge yell yell shit at people
0: (laughs) so I know you were homeschooled for like a portion of stuff
1: (laughs) no I wasn't
0: what weren't you, you homeschooled i swear no, to god you were homeschooled
1: home oh i'm schooled. thinking of
0: a different person katie i'm eric <laughs> let's start over let's start over all right i'm cutting that out too i'm cutting that out too
1: no please leave it in
0: all right i'm leaving that in too i'm leaving that in too <laughs> i'm sorry who why did i think you were homeschooled another really good friend of mine was homeschooled, i was but.
1: not homeschooled no i, well, was, I then what? I, I changed schools after kindergarten
0: right so I, what was the first school you went to
1: uh, I went. The first school I went to was a school called Seton, uh, named after Elizabeth Seton, um, and I went to kindergarten there. And then my mom pulled me out because the kindergarten teacher really mean to me all the time. <laughs>
0: well, that's nice. I'm glad she did that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. How how far away you? So you didn't like move. You stayed in the same town. Just went no. Yeah. School? No.
1: Um, I like. I grew up. Um, so Seton was about I don't know maybe like 15 20 minutes away from my house. Um, but then. I went I started going to St Ambrose or not St Ambrose that's where I went to college St Anne's was the name of it which is where my dad went to school fun fact. Oh cool. Um and uh and it was like uh Did he go to school there? Why do I feel like that's true but it's also not true at the same time? I feel it like maybe a my different timeline. I don't know. That's really weird cuz now I'm like completely unsure about it. I don't know. Anyway, um oh it's where, it's where his family went to church. That's what that's what I wanted to oh. say. Not school, church. Um this is really compelling podcasting. Um, Katie is. tries desperately to remember things about her youth. Um, but it was about like 10 minutes away from my house. And then my high school was about a half hour away. So I was I got really used to driving really, really early.
0: Jeez. When. So yeah. what school? How was, you know, so you went to the same school from first grade to fifth grade, eighth grade, eighth grade. And, how, and what was I was that school with the like?
1: same 18 kids.
0: 18, 18 in the whole 18 class 18
1: kids there were 18 kids in my whole class
0: was that the school am I, I might be making this up just like I was making up the homeschool thing sometimes thoughts just get in there and they just rub up against it's other okay. ones and it's they okay. turn <laughs> and it's fine it's, it's very <laughs> unsanitary up there um <laughs> what does that mean um, so you are, didn't you go to a school where all of the classes were in the same like classroom yes where like the rows were different classes is that
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, from first through sixth grade, they were all in the same room, and then when you started sixth grade, you would, you would move around different classrooms, so, like, you would go, and it was to, like, get you ready for high school was, like, the theory, so, like, we would have science and, like, history in a different room than, like, English or whatever. Oh, gotcha,
0: so, like, the the first graders were in a room with the first graders, and the second graders were in a room with the second graders? yeah that kind of thing cool. like it wasn't like a montessori school where we were like all in one big group but i feel so i, I, I kind of want I, I want that i like that you know like to have different ages brush up against each other i don't know uh, shout out Elon musk um <laughs> he's doing something something like that i don't know um what what were you what did what was it like what did you like did you like the school that you went to what what did you enjoy what did oh, you do i hated it <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any fights? You hated it. I
1: I never got into fights. Um, I was a really good kid because my brother was really bad, and so like my it was I was just like supposed to be the good kid, so I just kind of like took on that mantle. Um, but I didn't like it. I was bored. I was bored all the time, and like everybody knew that I was bored and like teachers handled it differently. Like sometimes teachers were like really supportive and they would like secretly like give me books and stuff to read. Like, you know, just like, I know that you're bored, but here. Um, but then other times teachers would like punish me for being bored. And I feel like punishing a kid for being bored is like one of the worst things that you could do to a child. Like I really do feel like that. Um, but yeah, I didn't like it very much. I didn't have very many. I was, I was very good at school, but I was very bad at the social aspect of school. Um, and so like, I didn't have very many friends. Like I had, and also like, it was weird because I lived just far away enough that, and like my birthday was in the winter, which meant that like, I never really had like birthday parties or anything because like we would be on winter break. And so like kids wouldn't want to like come over to my house because we lived like just far away enough. Um, and Mm. especially after I got into high school, it was like really hard to have people come over because you'd be like, Hey, can you drive 45 minutes high school kid? And then their parents would be like, absolutely. Fuck not. No. Um, so that was, that was, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. Like, it was weird because like, I still like, there was only 18 of us though, Too you know, like I think at one point, one crazy year we had 22 people. Um, but like we all got along. Like there, there weren't like people, we we weren't like having like fist fights, but it was like, some people were like really, really close. And some people had like really good friends. And then there were like, I just never really felt like connected to anybody, like very specifically. Um,
0: but yeah. Huh. I can imagine that'd be really strange. I mean, I, I, I remember, uh, when I was at boarding school, it was such a finite amount of people that were in your lives every day. You just sort of knew what was going on with all of them. And I hated that. (laughs) I can imagine having 18 kids, you would just always know what was going on with all of them. Like there was never one that was just not a part of your life at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like that was the thing. It was like, there was like the cool kids and like the not cool kids. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we all knew each other's business. We all knew each other's parents' business. Like, you Mm. know, we knew whose, like, parents were getting divorced. And, like, we knew who was, like, came from, like, the poor house. And, like, you know, who came from, like, the rich house. And, like, you know, like, that was the thing. It's, like, everybody kind of had, like, their thing. Like, their, you know. But because our school was so small, um, we did a lot of stuff with other classes. So kind of like what you were saying earlier. Like, it wasn't just always, like, just the, like, fifth graders or whatever. Um, you know, we did a lot of like all school things and because the school was so small, so it was, you know, like you knew other people in other grades and like that kind of thing. Um, but then, but yeah,
0: yeah, I don't so, know. And you learned to read quite a bit earlier than everybody else, didn't you? I,
1: I did. I learned, I, I taught myself how to read when I was like really little. So went into school learning, knowing how to read.
0: Uh, we you, you talk about, uh, turning books upside down? I think that's fascinating. I think it's yeah. so cool.
1: Yeah, okay, Eric, I will talk about that. You don't have to, Um, Katie. You don't have to talk about anything you want to talk about. It's fine. Um, So basically, when I was a kid, I taught myself how to read. Um, And one of the first things that ever happened to me when I was in school was I got in trouble for knowing how to read. And, like... A teacher physically ripped a book out of my hands because she was convinced that it was too advanced for me and that I, I was either like lying or pretending to know how to read. It was really weird. I, I've to this day, I don't understand the thought process behind it. Um, but so that happens. And so I got this weird, dumb little kid idea in my head that like knowing how to read was like a bad thing. Um, and that if people knew that I knew how to read, I would get in trouble. And so starting in kindergarten, which is generally like when you do like the whole, like learning how to read thing, I started taking the like paper book covers off of my books and I would turn the book upside down and then I would put the book cover on the right way. So, you know, like looked like I was holding the book the right way. Um, but I would do that because I realized that I could teach myself, to read upside down at the same rate that the kids in my class were learning how to read regular. Mm -hmm. And so I, to this day, I still read books upside down if I need to like concentrate on them because I'm, I'm an incredibly fast reader. But the problem is, is I also have ADHD. And so I don't necessarily always absorb all of the information. And so if I turn the book upside down, then rather than reading like an entire page at a time, I have to read it like sentence by sentence. And so it slows me down enough to where I can, re- like, remember the information better. But, yeah, so I, I read upside down for, like, five years.
0: <laughs> That's, do you, can you still do it? Yeah. That's so
1: cool. I I still do it, like, especially when I'm, like, learning lines and stuff. Like, I'll, I'll flip the whole thing upside down.
0: Huh. So what, uh, did you eat lunch at school or did your parents pack, pack you lunch? Uh,
1: very interesting question, Eric. Um, because uh, we didn't have a lunchroom. In really? my Yeah, it was a very very small school, Um, and we didn't have hot lunch until I think fifth grade, and it was like a big deal when we started having like hot lunches at school. We called it hot lunch, like that was the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't just like you just everybody would everybody brought their food. There was no cafeteria. Um, and then we started having like hot lunch once a week on Wednesdays. They would have like, they bought like these like little tables and they, they built a big expansion onto the gym and they added a kitchen. And so they had hot lunch and you could get like pizza and stuff. And it was like the, like the coolest shit ever to everybody who had been at the school. Like having hot lunch, like was like a game changer.
0: That's but so yeah, cool. I mean, I, I feel like we, for one, we, we called it hot lunch at my school too. Like if you got hot lunch, it was such a social thing. Cause you all got the same thing. So like, if you had nothing to talk about, you could say like, wow, this pizza sucks. So this pizza is really good. Yeah. Like, no, you know, you're, I didn't, you're...
1: I didn't learn like lunchroom skills, which fucked me over in high school. It was like, I didn't under, I didn't know. Like I couldn't, I couldn't hold my own at like the, the lunch table in, in high school. Cause I had spent most of my childhood eating alone, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like not in a sad way. It was just like, you would just like, go like find a little quiet corner and you would like eat your lunch. And like, you know, some people would hang out with friends, but I would just usually like read. So.
0: That's really cool. I, I, I would always sit alone, too. And if somebody wanted to sit with me, that would be kind of cool. But I rarely chose That's, a table.
1: Fifth grade was the year where I, I finally had friends at lunch. And it was because Harry Potter had just come out. Oh. And so I finally had something to talk about with the other kids in my class. And we, we made, like, a little lunchtime club. We had a little book club. And we would all sit. We would all, like, obsess over Harry Potter characters. And, like, that is why, to this day, like, Harry Potter, like, J.K. Rowling being a piece of shit aside like harry potter holds such a just strong place in my life is because harry potter was the first time that i ever had friends
0: wow did you have any uh strong opinions about characters at the time I just I loved Hermione
1: because like I also had big giant poofy hair and I was like the smartest kid in class and I always knew the answer and so like she was my favorite character like
0: did, obviously did you pronounce it the way that they pronounced it in the movies I did not I pr-
1: I pronounced it Hermione for years until the movie came out and then I realized that it was Hermione but I, I literally thought it was Hermione for because like that's what happens when you're a reader is you figure out how to pronounce it based on what it looks like on the page oh yeah and, her- and you, can't, you Hermione, can't always choose
0: it too your brain just kind of- says the thing
1: yeah do you like, um
0: yeah do you uh when you read there's a word for it I can't remember but do you speak in your head do you have a monologue reading a lot like as you read along the page
1: no I just like read it
0: that's really good that's one of the I was uh into speed reading for like a week did not help I'm a very <laughs> slow reader um but that was apparently one of the first steps of speed reading is stop sub vocalizing so, like, just the word is the word. It's not like you're reading the word and then you hear it in your head. Like, you just, the word is the word. I always found that fascinating. <laughs> so, was it a different school come sixth grade?
1: No, it was the same school. It was just, it was a different building, though. You got to move to the junior high
0: building. Oh. So. Also, just, just for my own little brain candy, my own, my own little <laughs> noggin, will you, will you set the scene of the school? Like, what did it look like? Was it on a oh, hill? What, what color was yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Um,
1: so, St. Ann... St. Anne's Catholic School was a tall building that had been built in, like, the 20s, and it was, like, a red brick building with big, tall windows, and it was always very hot because there wasn't any air conditioning, um... And so it had radiator heat in the winter, um, and then just adjacent to the to the main school building, there was a small sort of like squat building, one story, and that was where the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade classrooms were, um, and that was where you would you would move around now that has since changed and they swapped around the, the, the classroom. So now the, the kindergarten and the first grade and the second grade are in the little building. And then the big kids have the upstairs of, of the school, which weirds me out. Like it just, it, it's unfathomable to me that they have changed it in this way, but they were like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't have like the first graders up three flights of stairs, uh, in case of like a fire or something. <laughs> yeah. they can run outside easier if it, they're on the first floor, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, there was it was not an accessible place. There was no there were no uh, like elevators or anything. So you had to walk up like three flights of stairs to get to your, your different classrooms. Um, and it always kind of smelled like old books and glue. Um, I remember it very specifically smelling like old books, especially in well, the basement.
0: I imagine you, you like half of those smells yeah and um and the old book smell i'm sure you put up with. it's it's true and so yeah
1: so that was and it was like you know lamb it was a very like average school like laminate floors um but like it was it was just, yeah it was like a weird hot building
0: <laughs> what did you have a favorite teacher
1: my favorite teacher uh was my eighth grade teacher her name was connie urtel um and connie urtel was just hands down one of the best educators that I have ever encountered in my entire life she's extraordinary she's an extraordinary person um she was funny and she was smart and she took no bullshit from anybody and she I think she's she was one of the first teachers who I think really saw me for me like I had a really good relationship with my sixth grade teacher, like honestly, all of my junior high teachers, the Janet de Molinaire and Lisa Titus, those are other names. And like, I had really good relationships with all of them, but like Connie Urtel was like, just, there was just something about her. Like there's something about the way that she taught history and English. It just like, it really made me care. And I think she like really recognized the passion and, and, and recognized that like I was smart. And she, like, kind of gave me permission to do that in a way that I don't think, like, other teachers had. Um, and, yeah, like, I still I still think about her a lot because she was, like, she was one of those teachers that, like, you just, like, never forget.
0: Hmm. Did, uh, at that point, had your reading become more or less comparable to everybody else's? Did you, was it still, I don't want to call it a problem because that's so terrible, but were you, were you still getting shit for it or how was that?
1: Oh, I mean... I think like the kids in my class got over like the bullying me for being a good reader like around like 4th or 5th grade and I think part of it was because of Harry Potter like I really mm. do because like Harry Potter was like the great unifier of like kids like like nerds nerds and jocks so like we're like oh like we're all reading this book because like this book has just become the cultural consciousness so like that was like I remember there being like a marked difference in how I was treated before and after Harry Potter came out because like all of a sudden people would come to me and they'd ask me like what happened because like they knew that I had already finished the book. like So, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. You
0: became the keeper of wisdom.
1: Yeah. So like but yeah I mean I was I was I was still reading way beyond what I where I was supposed you know supposed to be whatever that is.
0: Hmm. Was there any teacher early on in your w- while while you reading still was something that you got got shit about? Was, were there any teachers or perhaps the librarian that knew about it and and, and accepted you and nurtured you? About
1: um, mm, I mean, the real answer is no. Like, I'm trying to be like really charitable because I'm sure that one of them will be listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I mean, I think. I just, I don't think my teachers were, like, especially in grade school, like, I just don't think my teachers were equipped to deal with a kid like me. Like, I went to a small private school, and small private schools are not necessarily, like, well-equipped for the neurodivergent, you know? And I think, I think that was a big part of it, was, like, there was no gifted program at my school. There was no, like, upper-level thing that they could put me in. Like, any, any sort of, like, additional work or, you know, like advanced reading or like anything like that. Like I got put into because like a teacher created something to give me something to do. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the foundational structure wasn't there. So like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have a lot. I didn't, I mean, and I'm just going to say like, I didn't really have like good teachers until junior high like they just they were like fine they did their job but like i don't particularly remember any of them being like oh i'm gonna like take you under my wing and like really help you succeed like it was just kind of like no oh, you're here okay cool
0: hmm did you have do you remember what the first thing that you wanted to be was
1: <laughs> i wanted to be an archaeologist cool <laughs> i was gonna i was determined to be an archaeologist because my mom uh she had a friend And, uh, I, I still like occasionally keep in touch with this guy. He's a police officer. Um, but he takes three months off. He saves up like all his leave and everything for the year. And he takes like two or three months off and he goes on like expeditions in Egypt. And so he's like a part-time amateur archeologist. And it was like this, and I met him and my mom introduced me to him at a wedding when I was like nine, because she was like, Oh, he's an archeologist like you want to be. And it was just like a really cool guy. Um, and so so I really wanted to be an archaeologist. And like I had a subscription to Archaeology magazine. And so I would like read all like the archaeo- you know and I like did all like the the museum things and the little summer programs and all that stuff. But, yeah, I was I was very very determined to
0: be an archaeologist for a while. When did that start? When did it start? Yeah, when did you first when did that <sighs> idea get in your head?
1: I read from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler when I was like five I think and I was like I wanted to work in a museum and like have a big filing cabinet and I want to be very clear to this day one of my most coveted things that I just like I desperately want and I've never been able to afford I want a giant library catalog like I'm obsessed uh, we've talked about how I'm obsessed with tiny drawers oh yeah but like I desperately want a library card catalog like I would give anything to have like a big tall library card catalog um and so, like every so often, like I'll see one at like an antique store or something. But like they're they're very expensive and they're also very heavy. So, yeah. but that's like that's like one of my secret like ultimate adult purchases is I want to buy like an antique library card catalog because <laughs> of Mrs. Baisley, Frank Frankweiler.
0: Katie's birthday is January 9th. Just so <laughs> everybody know we can pull the money before then, and I'm going to timestamp that in case uh, you don't want me to put your birthday in here. <laughs> But, uh, it's like I have like like I know exactly where I would
1: put it and like everything. It's so dumb. It's like so like a weird weird thing that I wanted for
0: forever. <laughs> uh-huh. So you said you went to schools and camps and stuff for archaeology. How did you I, sp- spend your summers?
1: I would I would do I would do the summer reading program at the library, which is was my archaeology program. One year. Um, but for the most part, I would, there was a, there, the local high school, and I wound up going to the high school, it was called alloman And alloman was the was the Catholic high school. Um, and so they would do, like, summer programs and stuff that were kind it was like a, it, it was, there's, like, four or five feeder schools that, like, feed into alloman And so, like, they would always do programs with the idea of, like, you come do the summer program at the high school, and then that way when you <laughs> all wind up going getting to high school you know kids from the other schools so it's less of like a transition because like the problem is is like at the time you know we had 18 kids in our graduating class where like the kids at seaton had like you know 50 and the kids at like saint mary's had i think it was like four it was tiny and so like there were all these like little catholic elementary schools where like they were feeding into the high school and so they wanted to like have sports and summer programs so kids could like know each other none of that matters to the story anyway but there was one. Um, it was the it was the musical theater camp, and so I did musical theater camp for like six or seven years. And I know I've told you this story before, but that was how I parent trapped my sister. Um, was was at Alumon High School music theater camp one year.
0: Katie, how did you parent trap your sister?
1: I've never told you. This. I've definitely
0: told you this. Story. You have told me the story. Yeah, but
1: okay. So basically, um, when I was at summer camp there's this really cool girl and her name, uh, I, I don't know if I should like say, her, I don't like dox my own sister. Um, but like she had a she had a cool name. That's what I will say. She, she had a cool name. Um, and I decided that I wanted to be friends with the girl who had the cool name. Um, and so we got to be friends. And then this like weird thing kept happening where people kept being like, you guys look alike. And I'd be like, no, you don't. I'm adopted. Because that's what I always say whenever anybody tells me that we look like. Um, and then uh, like 10, no, not even 10, like 15 years later, I found out that the girl with the cool name was actually my sister. And we had been like best friends at summer camp for like two or three years.
0: <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So that's like
1: a real story from my real life. That is so <laughs> Just why nuts. I was very underwhelmed by the movie Parent Trap. Like, I remember, <laughs> You're like... like <laughs> It's Come a real on, thing. Lindsay, like, you got step up your game. I like. I watched Parent Trap as a kid, and I went, "Well, yeah," because that's <laughs> a real thing that happened to me, and I didn't understand what was implausible about that because it, it was a actual thing that happened to me in my life. As I knew my uh, own how,
0: sister, how old were you when you uh, found out that they were your sister?
1: Um, well, I was twenty one when I met my biological mom, and so mm. and then meeting my sister came shortly after that. Gotcha. So, but. Yeah, and apparently, like, everybody knew except for us. And so, like, all of the adults were, like, trying to figure out, like, what the fuck to do in the background of, like, oh, God, they're friends now. They're they're actually <laughs> friends now.
0: What uh, what was the summer camp like?
1: It was really fun. It was really fun. It was, like, and, like, it's one of those things where, like, you know how, like, you remember how stuff smells? I remember yeah. the smell of Alman High School musical theater camp. And I'm pretty sure I still own the t-shirts too. But it was like, it was just this really dorky camp where like you would just go and we would like learn a little song from like a musical and we would like do a dumb dance. And like, there was usually like a terrible montage. It was like some dumb, weird conceptual montage of poorly smashed together Broadway songs. <laughs> um, but my brother did it with me one year. Like I talked him into to being in in musical theater camp with me. And that was, like, one of, like, the best summers that I ever had with my brother because, like, we were, like, actually doing something together, which was really neat. Um, But, yeah, aside from musical theater camp, like, I played softball. I was really, like, <sighs> I have a confession to make, Eric. What's I that? pretend. I pretend like I'm bad at sports. I pretend like I'm bad at sports because that's the thing that you're supposed to do when you're a theater major is you go, ew, sports! My, my dark secret is that I'm actually a phenomenal fucking softball player. Like it, it, I'm, I'm fucking great at softball. Um, and I played softball every summer for like 15, almost, well, almost 18 years. Um, and I was like, I would routinely lead, like, I was really fucking good at softball. Like, I was always on the all-star team. Like, we went to state. I, like, they retired my number. Like, I, there's a pizza place in Silvus, Illinois that they still have my jersey hanging on the what? wall. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I led the league in RBIs and home runs for, like, five years in a row. What? I was really I was really fucking good at softball. What What position were you? Second base. I played wow. second base. I was number 13 every year, like, every year wow. they call me ripper that was my nickname they
0: called you ripper nobody's they allowed they to call, call me you ripper. anything else now
1: um well and it was weird because that nickname coincided with my like weird jack the ripper obsession um and so they started calling me ripper well the girls on my team started calling me ripper because they thought it was funny that i was so into serial killers um, and then the parents heard about it and they're like oh because she rips the ball oh and so like we never told them we never told them like why that was actually my nickname and so it was like our, like, our shameful team secret was that I was nicknamed after a violent serial killer <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: why did you uh, stop playing softball did something else come up
1: um, because I had, to, I had to choose between sports and theater in high school um, uh. you, like you didn't have the option. It was either you could do, cause that, this, this, my high school was so small, you could do one or the other, but you really couldn't do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and a prime example of that was, this is high school story. musical. No. Uh, well, yes, actually high school musical, um, our, w- we did the music man one year and we had to cancel the show or we had to like move the show. I don't remember what happened, but like the quarterback of the football team was our Harold Hill. And so we had to like move the show because the football team went to state and it was like this whole thing where like and his name was nick and so nick was like the quarterback of the of the football team and also playing harold hill at the same time and so there's like this picture that exists in the newspaper somewhere of him like dressed as harold hill but like throwing a football to the girl who played marion and i always thought that was very funny but like that's how small the high school was was like the quarterback was the star of the musical
0: (laughs) That's really cool. It sounds like they barely had enough people to, to make a whole football team. I don't know how many people are on a whole football team. But. <laughs>
1: it, was, it was pretty dicey. <laughs> I tried out for the football team. They wouldn't let me on. Why not? Because I was a girl. Really? Yeah, they straight up told me, no, I couldn't be on the team because I was a girl. But I, was, I was really wanted to be on the football team.
0: What position would you have the, wanted to play? Wanted yeah, what would you have wanted to do? Kicker? Great
1: kicker. I was great at it.
0: Did you ever play uh, kickball? I did. <laughs> did 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 they move back in the outfield when you when you went up? They would. Oh man, you just got <laughs> you just got so much more you of a of a, you, I just got so much more attracted to you because <laughs>
1: I'm good at kickball.
0: Yeah, well, kickball is such kickball is so wait fundamental. Till, like, wait till
1: I tell you about how good I am at bombardment. That's my that's my game. You ever play bombardment?
0: I don't. But they, I was, there I was... are
1: different names for it apparently. But bombardment is the one where it's dodgeball but you have like bowling pins that you have to like protect the
0: pins. No, I never played that version.
1: Huh. Oh man, we like that was like our like gym class go-to was bombardment and I was fucking great at bombardment. Oh man, you couldn't fucking touch me in that game. I was always a pin guard. That was my job. Was like center pin guard. Everybody just, like dodging weaving. Oh, well, if, so good. if the
0: ball hit you, were you still out?
1: You were, but I wouldn't get hit. I would just catch it
0: because
1: the trick is is with bombardment you want to stay a full step ahead of the pin because then when you step back to catch the ball you don't knock the pin over because if you knock the pin over the other team gets a point. That was the thing that was the catch but everybody whipped balls at you because you're the pin guard so you got really good I got really good at catching balls
0: That's really cool. Did you ever play any other versions of dodgeball?
1: Um... I mean, we, we like weirdly like didn't play dodgeball as much as we play bombardment because I think like my gym teacher figured that like bombardment was like, at least there's goal, like there's, there's like pins and you're not just like violently throwing the ball at other (laughs) children for like no reason. Like bombardment gave you like, like some people call like, I guess it's called like pin dodgeball at a lot of school. I don't know. But like, it gives you like a common goal of like, you're trying to knock over the pin rather than just like bully people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense.
1: A lot of badminton.
0: You said you want you a lot of badminton.
1: We played a lot
0: of badminton. Did you like I it? I was,
1: I was the all school badminton
0: champion three years in a row. Really? I
1: was. I'm I'm very good at badminton.
0: Good. <laughs> I was gonna make a shuttlecock joke, but come it on. I was.
1: They've. I've heard. I have somewhere in my house. I have the little like plaques that that you would win and it was just and the gym teacher would make them in his garage.
0: Oh was like this little
1: like square of wood with like a shuttlecock just like nailed to it. it Just like (laughs) it's written in Sharpie like Batman Champion.
0: That's so nice.
1: Yeah no I still have mine somewhere
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm curious sort of I guess for flavor. In you're in these quad cities, you got the river, you got the bridges, I'm picturing something quaint. Were there any locations that were I guess just meaningful locations to you growing up there were there any places you would hang out like oh, in the man. summer any any places all the kids would go to you know like the like the moon tower and well, days <sighs> and Gajus or something
1: see it's it's weird because like i don't like I don't feel like I had because of where we lived like there were there were kids who lived right next door to us. there was a really big family that lived next door, and so like me and the kids who lived next door to us we were, like, really good friends. Like, we, like, they were, like, the kids that I hung out with, especially in the summers, um, because their, their, their grandma was, lived next door to us, so they would, they would come over all the time. So I had those kids, but other than that, like, there weren't any kids, like, in the neighborhood, so it Mm. was just us. It was just our two houses, um, and then, there was a park, there was a park, like, kind of by my house, and, like, it was, like, a death, tr- it was one of those, like, m- like early, like, 1960s, like, death parks where, like, nothing <laughs> is okay for children to be playing on, but, like, that was, like, what they had in the 60s, and it just kind of, like, lasted. So, like, everything was, like, rusty and dangerous and, like, covered in tetanus, and so, like, we had this, like, danger park, and one of the the prime attractions was this like it was like a sheet of metal and it was like this it was like a wall that was like on a slight incline like very slight incline but it was just a wall of sheet metal and then it had bars across the top and the idea was that you would climb like you would like lay on it and you would pull yourself up to the very top and then you would like let go and like slide down but the thing was is it was just in broad daylight all the time oh my gosh and so like It was like this weird, super heated death ray thing. And so we used to like play this game and it was just called burn to death. That was the name of the game. (laughs) And what you would do is you would, you would get on, you would take off your shirt and you would just lay down on it for as long as you could take it. And the last person to like put like bitch out would would, like, would like lose. Like that was like the whole thing. (laughs) So that was, that was the park by my house. It was a death trap. Um, well, important like,
0: question real quick about the park. What was the ground? Was it wood chips or sand?
1: It was rocks. What? It, I mean, I'm not joking. Secret it was like, bonus third it option. Was, there was there was sand there. I'm trying to remember. There was sand like by around the like uh, swing set, but everything else was just gravel. And like that was the thing was like if you got fucked up at the park, you got fucked up at the park because it was all gravel.
0: That's like the worst thing that it could be.
1: I know it was gravel. It was gravel wow. for a really long time too. Like my dad would get so pissed because like we like I really like spinny things, and so like we would go on the merry-go-round like all the time. But the merry-go-round like there's a such a dumb story, but the like the the like the way that a merry-go-round work is like it's on like the axis, you know, and it spins. But what I figured out is that you could loosen the actual physical mechanism that holds the merry-go-round in place like from the top and so I would loosen it so the merry-go-round was like super like always a little bit falling off and so it would go a lot faster but then inevitably like one of my friends would push too hard and then I would fly off and I would have like scraped up elbows and knees and have gravel in my arms and stuff and my dad would be like god damn it Katie.
0: (laughs) I always wanted to like a merry-go-round like that they they're hard to find I think at some point we realized how ungodly dangerous they were, and we stopped. It was making so fun. Them, but.
1: I love a merry-go-round. My dad used to push us on the merry-go-round all the time. He had a whole character that he would do when he was pushing us on the merry-go-round.
0: What, what was the character, Katie?
1: His name was Doctor Death.
0: Doctor Death. Would,
1: that was his name. He was Doctor <laughs> Death, and he would and he would push us on the on the merry-go-round, and he had like a like a little weird, like rhyme that he would say and i don't remember what it is and now i'm like really like i'm mad that i can't remember it but he had like this whole like spiel that he would do about it. like you have come to the office of dr death and now it's your time to die and like he would just like push us on the merry-go-round really and be like no dr death help and like it was really silly <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i've like well, never told anybody that story
0: <laughs> well now you've told a lot of people that story that's that's wonderful <laughs> i think that's cute that the things that end up being part of the of our memories of people, right? do you did your parents ever tell you stories? Were there were, they, were there storytellers in your house?
1: My mom would read to us. My mom like would read to us when when we were kids. And like, what some of like my best memories, my best memories as a kid, are we like my mom really like having the windows open. Like we had air conditioning, but we wouldn't use it a lot. And so we would we keep our bedroom windows open a lot in the summer. And so, like, one of my favorite sort of childhood memories is being in my room summer night. Like, you know, like when it's like the breeze, like the summer, you know, like has a smell to it. Um, And my mom, my, my room was right next door to my brother's room. And so my mom would sit in the hallway, like right between our two rooms. And she read us Treasure Island um and so that was like but then like and but that was like the only time that she ever did that like she like she just she decided to do it one time and i remember it made me so happy like it just it made me so happy and then like i don't know if we just got like she just got like busy or like what happened but it was like it was just that one time and like i still remember it because it like meant so much to me like i was just like really that was really cool
0: does she know that
1: i think so like we've talked about it before
0: Hmm. That, that's really nice. Yeah. What did, uh, what did your house look like?
1: <laughs> it was small. Um, my, like people, I remember like, so both my parents were lawyers, but they weren't like the fancy lawyers. They're government lawyers. And so, um, growing up, like we didn't have a lot of money, which like I didn't know until I was an adult. And then I went, Oh, a lot of stuff makes sense now, you know? Um, but it was, it was small. It was a little blonde brick house, one story, Ranch. It was built in the 50s. Um And it was a really fun story about my house. Not that it matters, but it was built by a contractor. And so like like a guy who was a contractor built the house like it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, like that was his job. And so all of the stuff in my house is like rejects from other jobs that he had done to like save money. So everything is just a little bit off. Like the doors are a little bit too tall, and like the shower is like a little bit too narrow. And like, because everything was just like, when somebody ordered the wrong size, he would just take it and put it in this house. So everything in the house, if you look, is just a little off. Like there's some weird quirk about it, which is like kind of fun. Like it was that just kind like, of fun. It was weirdly charming. <laughs> um, but there's a basement, and so the basement became like the basement was was like a Big deal for for like my my family. We would like go to the basement, to like hang out and that kind of stuff.
0: What did the basement look like?
1: Um, it was a whole second house. There was a whole second kitchen in the basement. Um, like just like a little stove and, and refrigerator stuff. But like I grew up in a house with like and it was. And I don't want to be very clear. It was a very small house, but there were just for some reason there was like an oven upstairs and downstairs, and so like I grew up being used to having two ovens, which is a very fucking weird thing to be used to. But like Thanksgiving, like, okay, the turkey goes downstairs and all your sides get cooked upstairs. It's a very practical system. And so then like when I moved out and I realized that this is not like a thing that like most houses have, it like fucked me up because I was just like, oh, there's no downstairs stuff. Like it was like the most like weirdly entitled thing because of the weirdness of this house that I lived in growing up um but it was carpeted it was wood paneled it was all wow. wood pan- just wood paneling for fucking days um it was ugly it was such an ugly basement um and then when i was like i think eight or nine the basement flooded there was a horrible storm and the basement flooded like six inches of water and everything was destroyed and so we had to like pull up the carpet and then we got like nice like new furniture and like new carpet and stuff but yeah, you grow up in the Midwest, you get really used to like living on a floodplain. So. Oh yeah,
0: or my my basement flooded twice growing up. It was it's not fun. Um, what did your room look like?
1: Oh man, it was a room. Like I guess um, there were it was room and a bed, and I had a dresser and I had a little little desk um, that my mom bought at a yard sale, and we like. And I, I remember she want, like, she refinished it. She decided to do this like project where she refinished the desk. And I remember being really mad because I wanted to paint it blue and she wanted to like, just stain it and like refinish it. And so she stained it brown and I had this dark brown desk in my, in my, in my room for like years. And I just hated it because it was this dark brown desk. Not that it matters. Um, And the walls are white for a very long time. And then I begged and begged and begged and begged my parents to let me paint my room. And so they let me paint it. They wouldn't let me paint it anything too crazy. You know, let's not get crazy. So I I had the audacity to paint it a light green. So I had a light green room. Um, And then at some point in high school, I got really angsty. And like, someday you will go visit my childhood home because my mom still lives there. Um... And I will show you because it's deeply embarrassing. But I, I went through this, like, really angsty period in high school where I painted inspirational quotes, like, on the walls. But, like, I used, like, the wrong type of paint. And so the paint, like, ran down the wall as I was, like, painting it. So it looks like all the inspirational quotes are just crying. And it's, like, really <laughs> upsetting. Like, people have come in my room and been like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what
0: a, do you remember any of the quotes?
1: Um, oh, God. Most of them are quotes that I made up. Like I made up my own inspirational quotes because I thought I was like so fucking wise. I bet you were. Um, but I remember I wrote down like never ever ever give up from like Winston Churchill. That was one of them. Um, I wrote down uh, if more people valued food and song over hoarded gold. It would be a merrier world from The Hobbit. Um, there was like a couple. but most of them were like Katie KDO originals. <laughs> Can, do you so remember cr- any of
0: the KDO originals?
1: Oh man.
0: <sighs> don't pretend like you don't if you do.
1: I, I really don't like, I know that they're all some variation of like some slam poetry bullshit that I like later recycled into poems, but I don't, I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head.
0: Did you have a a yard?
1: I did have a yard. We had backyard. Nice. Um, Yeah. And it had this big pine tree and this big pine tree that would drop these huge needles. And one of my favorite things in the whole world is to rake leaves. Like, it's weird, but I just really enjoy it. And so, like, that was, like, one of my, like, fun fall pastime activities when I would just, like, go out to the backyard and I would just rake leaves for, like, hours and hours and hours and hours. And my parents were always like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'd be like, I just like raking leaves, okay?
0: <laughs> you should come over. When I, when I have a house, Katie, at some point in my life.
1: Oh my god! You're gonna can make I, fall please rake your leaves. I love <laughs> raking leaves in the fall. It's like my favorite thing.
0: What did you do uh, when you were home and you were had nothing to do? You were done to your homework. No, no read. summer camps. You read?
1: I just read. I read constantly. Like I had read every book in the children's section of the Silva Silva's Public Library by the time I was like ten. I think i had I'd gotten through everything. Um, in fact, uh, this is a fun fact. My dad, uh, was on the board of the library, um, for like a really long time and he got the rule changed for me and me alone. I was the only person, um, cause he was on the board, uh, but they, they relaxed the limit on books. And so most of the time when I would go to the library, I would check out like 40 or 50 books at a time. Wow and i would um and i would just like bring home like the entire babysitter's club series i would bring home the entire series of nancy drew and i would just like binge through them in like a week or so and then i would just like bring them back and start all over how did
0: you transport them
1: i had a wagon
0: what color was the wagon it was green Mm. that's just that just lowered my heart rate just picturing that just
1: stickers i put stickers on it i had a library wagon
0: you would walk to the library and back home
1: no, we would, it was not, uh, you could walk it. I walked it sometimes. Like when I got older, I would walk it. But, um, but my dad would like drive me in his car, but I had like a little library wagon that he would put in the back of the car. Cause I would, I would bring the the wagon like into the library and then I would just like pile the books onto the wagon. And then the, the librarian, whose name was Irene, um would would she would scan all the you know the books. Like but then it was it was even before like computer scanning. So she would just like do the, the ka-chonk, Ka-chonka. you know, like and had like the little handgun. And uh so she would ka-chonk my books for me and and now just like and then when I got older she would just let me check them out myself. That was like yes. the greatest honor of my of my childhood was Irene one day was like, You know how the system works. Can you just do it? And so like then I would just go to the library, I would check out my own books.
0: That's so awesome. I, I hope you know that you uh, were the most delightful part of a lot of people's lives, being a little girl carrying a green or dragging a green wagon into the <laughs> library and loading it up. You brightened up a lot of people's days very frequently.
1: Probably just be you, like I mean,
0: you oh. brightened up mine just picturing it. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> Did it? Was it squeaky? Did it make noise?
1: Um, it was. It was very unstable. It was like a. It would. It would rock back and forth. Like it was. It was not screwed together well. Hmm. Um, and so like, that was, that was the, that was the catch. You had to, you had to kind of balance the books around the wagons, <laughs> like <laughs> Axel.
0: When did you start playing music?
1: When I was five, my parents bought a piano when I, I, I had, I had lessons starting that year. They started me on lessons before we bought the piano. Um, because they wanted to make sure that it was something that I was going to stick with it, but then they realized that it's really hard to figure out if your kid is going to stick with something or not if you don't have the instrument in your house, mm-hmm. um, and so so yeah, hmm. I was five.
0: How did uh, your piano lessons get work? With you had school? Did you? Did I the would, teacher I come to your lesson? house? I had piano No, we
1: would go to her house. Um, uh... Oh God, I haven't thought about her in years. Um, but we would go over to her house on, um, she lived in these like apartments and she was like, a picture like the, the teacher from, from Matilda, like that was my piano teacher. Like just like this, like Aww. pure, pure ray of goodness who, uh, who like lived like all alone in this like tiny apartment with like her cat. Um, we would go over on Saturday afternoons and I remember always being really mad because, um like especially in the sun. This is such a stupid story. Um but in the summers when I was growing up, we would get cable. We only had cable during the summers when we were home more. And then my parent doesn't matter. Anyway, but there was this really bomb ass show that was on the Disney Channel at the time and it was called Ocean Girl. And Ocean Girl was about a mermaid who like magically could live on land sometimes it was really it was a terrible show and like it's sometimes it's like one of those shows where like nobody's ever heard it was like Spellbinder and Ocean Girl were like my two fucking jams as a kid and nobody has ever heard of those shows or seen those shows I'm like I know they exist but like Spellbinder and Ocean Girl but they came on back to back on the Disney channel and so I'd always have to leave in the first 15 minutes of ocean girl to get to piano lessons on time. And I was always pissed off about it because I wanted to see what happened on ocean. Girl.
0: <laughs> oh, and did you, how did, how did you get to see what happens? I didn't,
1: I would just never get to, I, my, like sometimes my brother would tell me what would, what had happened. But most of the time I just like, didn't.
0: Oh, so, so you're just, a fan just, of the first half of every, episode I was a fan of, of the ocean. first
1: half of ocean girl. It was it a was great, 15 minute opens and there was always like some like thing where she was like oh no i have to find a drinking fountain right now because i'm magic and i'm a mermaid it was so fucking bad (laughs) um yeah i had i had panel lessons on saturday afternoons for like years
0: years and years and years and years do you remember what kind of music uh you worked through what you started with and where you went
1: Uh, i started with just really basic stuff the first song that i ever learned was um it was uh God I can still play it. It was a uh, it was called March Along and it was just like F sharp, A sharp, like B flat. And it was just like March along and keep in step. March along and march with pep. And that was just it. And I would play that for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, and the other one that I learned, it was uh, C sharp and D sharp and it was two black cats hiding there. Watch them now as they do stare. And that was it. That was the two things. So That was the first thing that I ever learned how to play on the piano. So it's just that just
0: did you have those thin, super floppy books? I did. A, I had you know, the, the like lessons. the green
1: and then you get do you went from like the yellow to the blue to the green to the purple. Yeah. <laughs> I had those. You start with the red. I think red is the first one. But yeah, that was that was the that was the books that I used.
0: I remember those so much. They always had I remember the first one that had uh like a picture of Beethoven on it. Like the other ones were just very generic and then at some point there was like this little cartoon and of Beethoven. Like, I was like, That's the real one right there. That's the real that's the real one.
1: But, yeah, no, I know like the thing was is is like I had I had piano lessons, um, but like I never had a teacher who really like focused on like, I think we've talked about this before, but like the theory of stuff Mm -hmm. and like, and there was never like a specific style. It was always just sort of like, okay, like here's this piece or whatever. And so I think that's like one of the reasons why I did wind up getting away with it or getting away from it is because like, I didn't have a focus, you know, it was just like, here's the next harder thing. But It might be Billy Joel. It might be Broadway. It might be classical. Um, And then once I got to a certain level, it started to be all classical. And then I got resentful because I didn't want to do class just classical. I wanted to do other. I wanted to play Billy Joel. But like, well, now you're 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 too advanced. (laughs) Like Billy Joel is pretty fucking advanced. (laughs) Like depending on what you're looking at. But okay.
0: What music did you listen to? Oh God. What was your first favorite song? Oh Jesus.
1: My first favorite song <laughs> downtown there's this Anne Rice song, not Ann Rice. I don't remember who wrote it. But can it's you like, sing it when you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. Just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. that song I was f- I fucking love that song when I was a kid. I don't know why I just thought that was like a fucking banger of a song.
0: isn't that a theme song?
1: No. It's it. I don't think so. Maybe it is now, it is. but it was like one of my favorite songs. But like mostly, I listened to like show tunes. Like I listened to like Rodgers and Hammerstein, like because I loved all those movies. Like the like The Sound of Music and Oklahoma and Cinderella, especially Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. I probably watch those movies easily once a week, if not more, and like Disney. Because, like, I was, like, a 90s kid. So, like, Disney movies were, like, just what you fucking watched. And I, like, wore out the VHS tape of, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and The Little Mermaid. um, Because those were, like, all coming out, like, as I was a child. Like, it was a glorious time to grow up for Disney movies. Um, so that was, like, what I listened to, like, an oldies. Like, my parents only listened to, like, the oldie station. And so, like, this is real, this is an embarrassing fact. Like, this is a true and embarrassing fact. I did not know that indie music existed until college. Like, and I realize how weird that sounds, but, like, it never occurred to me that there was people making music that you didn't hear on the radio. Like, that was just not a thought that crossed my mind. And so, like, I remember my college roommate, her name was Abby. We're still, like, really good friends to this day. She was like, oh, yeah, one of my favorite bands this is a band called The Hush Sound. And I was like, what? The Hush? And she's like, yeah, you know, and she, like, played me their music. And I was like, where did you get this? And she's like, I don't know, like, YouTube or, you know, whatever. And I was, like, shook. I was like, I like I had, like, my brain, like, I could not handle this idea that there was this entire world of music that I had never heard because it wasn't on the radio. And that's so weird. That's so fucking weird. But like that was like a real thing that happened to me. And that was like how like I learned that like m- music exists. <laughs> like,
0: Well, didn't you quickly join a band
1: after that? I did. I, I did. I joined a band and I was in a band in college. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you want to yes. sing the song that we sang uh, the, other, the day, the song that you wrote for the band?
1: Uh, oh you mean my magnum opus that's yeti the the,
0: yes that's the, the yeti one. song
1: i would like to say for i didn't write it uh this this guy named uh oh god i can't even remember his name doesn't matter it doesn't matter the story but he wrote it and it went like this yeti yeti i'm not ready ready to die Sherpa and me. I swear we come in peace. Oh God, this must not be my time. Because we only sang about cryptids, so that was that was our whole thing. That's
0: not bad for. I don't want to. That would have been late two thousands. That's that's exactly the kind of music that that was was was, going. It was pretty good. Na 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 na. -na. That was was everywhere.
1: Yeah, that was it. And then, well, when I was in, um, and but before that, I was in. I was in very short-lived band with my brother we knew one song it was good charlotte's the anthem that was the only song we knew how to play and so we would just play it for hours and hours in andrea mendoza's basement shout out to andrea mendoza thanks for (laughs) thanks for being cool to me in grade school
0: (laughs) well katie that's that's an hour so i think we might we might call it for this for this episode of katie history but, I feel uh, bad
1: I didn't ask you any questions.
0: Well, this is Katie history, not our okay. history. Okay.
1: I didn't know if we were supposed to like tag team and then I got awkward halfway through and I started thinking about how I was only supposed to I was only talking about myself and I got really nervous. Oh,
0: nay, 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 nay. <laughs> this this is, this is this is another time. I am really glad I I find that a lot of the people that are closest to us and that we know the most we still don't have like an understanding of the, the timeline of their lives. We get these bits and pieces, but we because it's not really a question you ask like tell me the entire timeline of your life. But I always want to know. I want to I want to be able to hear a, like hear a year and then know what you were doing in that year and be able to picture you doing stuff. And now, I, and anybody who hears this, has the delightful image of a young Katie Osborne <laughs> with a green wagon rolling into the library with big stacks of books that I'm picturing as taller than you, I imagine. Do
1: you, want me, do you want me to make it even better, Eric? Do you want me uh, to flesh this yeah, out for you? Yeah, so much. So much. Okay, so first off, you have to remember... Um, that I had braces starting at like 11 so that's important to the story um, but even before that like i never I hadn't really learned how to work my hair yet and so I had really long hair like down to my butt hair that just stuck like straight out to the sides like I was like the bastard love child of Gilda Radner and Hermione Granger even though Hermione Granger didn't exist yet and so it's just like big dumb poofy hair and um, one of my favorite outfits as a kid—I'm gonna tell—I've never told anybody this, but the the photos are there. There's there's proof. It was it was it was a very cool outfit. I cannot stress this enough. It was a it was a lime like lime <laughs> fuck you green T-shirt um, that was way too big for me. It was like it was like a woman's three X, and I was like a seven year old child. So it was this giant green shirt, and then I had these shorts that were, like, this weird, like, it was like a plaid, but it was like a rainbow plaid. And what is very weird about that is that somebody donated a box of fabric to the Renaissance Festival last year that contained that specific fabric. And when I tell you that I lost my goddamn mind about it, that's true. But so I'd wear this giant lime green shirt t-shirt with these like plaid rainbow pants but my dad eric my dad collected hawaiian shirts that was my dad's weird thing he collected hawaiian shirts whenever he would go on vacation he would buy a hawaiian shirt and my dad was six foot six and weighed like two like 250 he was a big fucking guy so he would always wear like 2xl in like everything And I would frequently borrow his Hawaiian shirts to wear because I thought they were cool, but I would wear them like dresses. So I would button the like middle button as though I was wearing like a Regency overcoat. And I would just (laughs) walk around in this (laughs) incomprehensibly ridiculous, like, like Hawaiian shirt to the ground with like the T-shirt like tied in a bow. Up at the waist, and that was that was like my summer library uniform. Was wearing these like incredibly comically oversized robe versions of Hawaiian shirts over my super cool outfit.
0: <laughs> it's like a uniform. Like I'm going to the library. Better. That's delightful. Was, that was it
1: because like fucking my dad wore Hawaiian shirts, and so clearly they were cool, and so clearly like I was gonna wear Hawaiian shirts, and then. I don't want to brag, but then when I was in high school, I, um, I started wearing Hawaiian shirts every Thursday, and it, it kind of took off. Oh. I was not cool in high school, but people rolled with it, because they're like, I see the humor in this. You're not cool, but it is funny.
0: Did other people start wearing Hawaiian shirts? They
1: did, a few of them. started a Hawaiian shirt Katie. Thursday sort of situation. I oh, know, it's great. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> I'm also impressed with your, your, your marking of the passage of time. Being able to do something consistently on a week that you set for yourself, that's impressive.
1: Wow. Well. That's you know very
0: impressive. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I mean, if somebody told me I had to be somewhere, I was going to get yelled at. That was one thing. But if I said to myself, "I'm going to do this once a week," I still can't. It's so hard for me to do that. Oh,
1: it was. It was. It was all based around the dress code because mm. like i had a we had school uniform in high school but like there was one day where you could pay like a dollar and wear like a fun shirt and it was thursdays and so we would do hawaiian shirt thursdays and then we would do fun tie fridays and we would all wear fun ties instead of like the regular ties
0: you would pay a dollar to not wear uniform
1: yeah huh usually it was 5 bucks but it was it was like sometimes it would be a dollar huh Yeah, Eric, I didn't get to choose my own clothing like outside of like the summer until I was in college. Like the first day of college, I had a full blown panic attack because I realized that I was going to have to choose my own outfit to go to class in. And the pressure was so great that I just I panicked and I wore my high school uniform. And that's a true story. (laughs) (laughs) I've never told anybody that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's delightful. I was so scared.
1: I was so scared.
0: Did it have the name of your high school on it?
1: No, it was like, and that was the thing is like it was just, it was like khaki pants and like a polo shirt, and so it wasn't it wasn't like you know it wasn't super embarrassing, but I definitely wore my high school uniform huh, well,
0: so Was it, it was it was it a Catholic high school as well? Yeah. And the women would still wear uh, pants.
1: Well, we we got the right to wear pants my sophomore year. They went ahead and changed that.
0: Well, I'm I'm <laughs> mad it took that long, but.
1: Well, it was I was it wasn't it, when I was in fifth grade i think was when they said that women could be altar servers because before it had only been altar boys mm. so then when i was like in fifth or sixth grade they said that women could be altar boys so i was an altar boy for a really long time
0: wow i've never
1: told you that have i i've never told you I, about my i own.
0: did know you were an altar boy i did know that i, I was, didn't know i was an altar
1: boy <laughs> wow that was a very good i was fucking, i fucking crushed that goddamn game Oh man, I was so fucking good at being an ultra. I always knew like right when to ring the bells. I fucking get really into it and shit. It was good. Oh, oh here it comes, here it comes.
0: Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well Katie, it's it's it, I'm gonna I'm gonna this is the second ending of Infinite Quest. There's always more than one ending. There's always Surprise. more than one ending. Um, but next time I wanna I wanna ask you about about the transition between like being a kid to being like a person in high school and stuff like that. I'm always very curious about that. Okay. If you're down to be asked about that kind of thing.
1: Sure. I'm. I'm already nervous. I don't know if I have any. I mean, I'm not going to ask. Crushingly you anything. interesting insights.
0: You well. You, you you are a crushingly interesting person, Katie. You don't have to try. No oh, gee. No oh, geez. <laughs> um, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Infinite Quest Tuesday episode, uh, Katie History Episode One. Um, I had a great time asking you questions, Katie, because you know there are never. It's it's a lot of these questions like you would never have a reason to ask this question other than just wanting to know. So I'm really, I'm really like personally, I'm really happy that I can ask you these questions and thank you for answering them honestly and and all that.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for asking them.
0: Yeah. No one's ever cared about my summer library experience before. I care deeply. I care deeply. Um, (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to infinite quest and, uh, stay tuned for, uh, uh, a new episode a new regular episode uh this Thursday yup bye bye that was a t- bye <laughs> that was a terrible outro'm I mean, this is when the fade out is going to be right here this is it's gonna fade out as I'm saying this
1: but we know I had something important to tell you
0: I'd like to thank Annika and Justin for joining our patreon thank you that was my little song for Justin and Annika, our newest patrons. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. If you would like to support Infinite Quest and our mission of advocacy and education about ADHD and other neurodivergencies, please do consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com infinitequest. This Thursday, we have Katie's interview with neurodivergence advocate, educator, and author, Dr. Kimberly Douglas. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for all of your love and support and for listening. And as always, drink water, take your meds. We love you.